Profanity Nation. Yeah, it's the new era of man for some old school fans with a new school brand. We got money on the mic with the plan in hand. And Stat Pat to his left, they go hand in hand. And to the right, we got Simpster, he putting it down. It's the Profanity Nation, we running the town. Yeah, it's the Profanity Nation. Profanity Nation. What is this? Here we go. It what, is, what is time this? for the Profanity Nation podcast. Yes. Hey, how do we have what? We have two intros? Huh? That no, doing? that's just like an intro song to get the energy going. Man. I think our, our, our normal theme song does okay, but that one, I don't know. I was listening to that on the way in, and I said, I'm going to play it. Man, I, you didn't leave. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna say Jeff is so Jeff. There it is. Jeff. Right. Jeff. That's okay. I'll take right. it. I'll yeah, take no, it. That's not bad. <laughs> Welcome to the Profanity Nation podcast, where we are the voice of the professional fan. As always, I'm joined here by my co-host. This time we have a full host set here. Money Mike is back. Uh, you yeah, are, man. How you doing, my friend? Man, I'm good. I'm good. And had a great Thanksgiving. Yep. Came back from Hawaii. I got back before the blizzard. You got the, exactly right. Oh, no, what the hell? Yo, right. it's a like hundred miles an hour in snow. Uh, and like snow, exactly. About? My girl told me, Step Hat, how you feeling? I'm good, man. But first, I gotta get this out. Fire Vogel, Fire Vogel, Fire Vogel. Oh man, yeah. I mean, oh man, oh. Th- th- that was um. That was going to be my uh, out of bounds. Uh, well, we'll see. I think you could still use it. <laughs> uh, and it's no, you're not oh out of bounds. God. And oh no, you're, you're definitely not out of oh, bounds, man. if that's what you're saying there, guys. Uh, okay, so uh, we have a great show here tonight. Uh, as you guys know, the Lakers are definitely suffering a little bit, and um, they just lost that against. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. <laughs> they just lost against their buddies down the hallway, and I happened to be in the building for that game, so I and can who talk are you about the. At? Who are you looking di- directly across from? Yeah, I know he was the loudest one in the room. Our boy Clipper Daryl, and he got the best of us, so that really ate me up. Uh, it's kind of ironic how I noticed he was there, but uh, as always, we'll get to that story. But as always, uh, we get started with our buddy, our friend and our confidant, Mr. Marco Nunez. Let's bring him in right now. Marco, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, looks Thank- like, are we, are we ending the year with a new chant? Is that what it is? Yeah, man. I mean, we got, look, dude, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get it out, the energy, just putting it out there in the universe, you know, just trying to project what I need to see happen. I mean, at this point, I, I'm, I'm all out of words. I mean, we're, we're going to get into We're words. fans here. We're fans. Yeah, there's, there's a short list of teams as, as the Lakers where you play who you play against that you need to beat or you cannot lose to. Obviously, Boston's one of them. The Clippers are right, uh, right, right there as well. And it's, it's always tough, especially like you said, it's, it's our, our neighbor next door. Well, uh, if I'm right, Boston's coming up here soon, right? Tuesday. I mean, Tuesday. So, how, how much so this lose? could be the week that this all goes down and happens. It, right. Cause how much should we lose by in Boston? Uh, and they and they did the BDL chat. Yeah. Well, that's, we, that's yeah. a given. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so we will get to that. But yeah. always, as usual, Marco, uh, you are here to help us out with some injury questions. But we actually have a guest tonight uh, mm-hmm. that actually has some questions for you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring her on. Please, Mike, will you please introduce our guest? Yeah, she's a really good friend in the family. I know she's been having a couple of issues with her knees and stuff. So I said, hey, how would you like to talk to uh, the former head athletic trainer? She said she would love to. So her name is Miss Katrina, and I'll let her uh, 
um, go ahead and explain everything to you. She explained it to me, but I didn't know what to tell her. So I, said, <laughs> exactly. so I figured I figured I'd get someone that knew that would know. How you doing, <laughs> Katrina? How are you feeling? I am doing well. As a matter of fact, my knee does hurt. So when I'm done with this, I will put um, an ice pack on it. Basically, the issue is um, I really believe I injured it by going to the gym, like on the um, elliptical or something like that. Um, But this was like, I would say over 10 years. So I've been dealing with it and then it'll stop and then it'll feel good. So it would get, it would swell up where I can't even bend it. And then that's when I go to the doctor's inflammation. So I've had about three cortisone shots within the 10 years. Like I just recently had a cortisone shot maybe two months ago because I couldn't bend it again, but they have, um, I've had, um, x-rays and MRIs. And basically uh, the doctor said that I have a torn meniscus. Oh, okay. Um, And they're not sure if I have a torn ACL. He said he would have to go in to check, but on, I guess on the MRI, the MRI tech person saying it could be a torn ACL, but um, the, um, it's definitely torn meniscus. He put okay. an S on it. And I was like, with an S? So it's been, <laughs> he said I could do surgery, but um, I'm trying to do other methods. <laughs> I did do a cortisone. I know you don't supposed to do cortisone shots often. So um, I'm trying to like take turmeric, um, doing a lot of stuff, uh, stay you out of my heels. Yeah. You know, well, I'm in heels a lot. Yeah, sure. So, so it, like, so let's just start a little bit. So the meniscus, like everybody, kind of, I don't know if a lot of people uh, are aware, the meniscus is just like a little kind of like gel pack that's between the, the, the two bones in your, in your knee. And they can basically, it helps to reduce um, friction and it becomes like a, a shock absorbent for that area type thing. Um, unfortunately, there's very poor blood supply to that area. So when you do tear it, it does not heal on its own. So oftentimes they have to go there and do surgery. And oftentimes what they do is called a, uh, uh, if, if, they, if they take it out or something called a meniscectomy where they go in there, do a scope, and they just kind of clean it out. The way I describe it to everybody is imagine you have a, uh, some jello, right? And you have like, the jello like nice and smooth at the very top. You take a fork, you puncture the, the jello, and then you turn the jello, and it gets all like kind of like little pieces are kind of all scattered. That's kind of like what it looks like. And what they do is, and then what you do is that you take a spoon. And you kind of clean that up and you smooth it out. And that's what the what they'll intend, what they'll do when you do a scope or a vasectomy. They'll, they'll take that little piece that's all jacked up. Now, those pieces that are floating are the ones that are creating that, that pain for you. They're creating that inflammation. Now, a vasectomy is a very quick surgery. The, the surgery itself is shorter than actually the whole process. And the, the return to rehab is actually pretty quick. It's anywhere about maybe about four weeks or so. Now, the ACL is a whole different ballgame here. Now, that, that you got to make sure that you have that. Now, what I'd recommend to do is maybe try to get a second MRI if you can, but make sure to try to get one when there's very low inflammation or no inflammation. Because sometimes the inflammation or the swelling in there can disrupt disrupt the image, and then that's why sometimes the doctor cannot see whether it's a torn or not if it's torn or not. I'm not a big fan of hey, let's go in and open you up and see what's going on there. No, 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 no. You got to tell me what's going on. You're gonna before you go in there because you're not gonna open me up and say hey, let's keep right. our fingers crossed and let's see what happens. No, I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, so hopefully it's not. 
Now, as far as the meniscus, unfortunately, that inflammation will be there. You can do exercises to try to reduce this. There's certain exercises or activities that you may not be able to do. Don't do any deep squatting, no rotation, anything heavy jumping. You may have to kind of try to limit, but you can you can rehab it and kind of build the strength around that knee. But you will have some episodes where there will be some inflammation um, and stuff like that. Just icing it, keep putting some compression in that area that can help you. Now, if you get to the point, hey, you know what, this bugs me so much. You said it's been about 10 years. You may want to consider the meniscectomy where they go in there and clean it up. But make sure that you do have an ACL before they open you up just to do that. Don't have, hey, let's just go ahead and see. I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I've never liked that. But what, yeah, what? I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of getting opened up either. Um, I did have physical therapy for a while, which it helped. And exactly. then now I try to, you know, like take off my heels, you know, yeah. don't wear them too long, ice the knee, because I'm just not trying to do the surgery. And he also mentioned that they, I do have um, um, arthritis, a little bit of arthritis in the left okay. knee. So if you do have a little bit of arthritis, there are some other injections and they're called like Synbisc. And the, the Synbisc are, are basically kind of like lubrication for the knee. And that does help you a lot with your arthritis. Now, like you mentioned, as far as the physical therapy, when we did physical therapy, it did help you because you were doing the exercise. Now, the one thing about it, because you have the meniscus in there, you have to keep in mind that it's just because you do physical therapy for six weeks, eight weeks, it stops. you got to continue it on. This is pretty much going to be a lifestyle change for you. you got to always, every time you go to the gym, you have to do this program every single day. So it's something that's going to be part of your life to try to kind of maintain it if you're trying to avoid the surgery. That's where you got to kind of have, have to have that mindset. So there is things you can do to try to strengthen it. As far as the ACL, you know, as an adult, um, unless you're planning to return to sports, do you need an ACL? No, you don't need an ACL unless you're planning to play basketball, plan to play football, plan to be super, super active. Um, you don't need one, so to speak. But because um, sometimes the surgery is a little more uh, chaotic than, than what it is. But definitely you got to get a proper strengthening program for the knee, some stability in there. Always kind of make sure you ice. Even when you feel good and you don't have swelling, you have to ice mm -hmm. every single time as, as a precautionary type of thing. Money Mike, I think you might have had a question. Somebody had a question up there. No, no, no. I think it's good because he's, it's always interesting to me because, I mean, she's – I'm not going to say a regular person, but she is a person that just has regular jobs, not really an athlete and things like that. So uh, it, it's, I know the, those those treatments are different. Yeah, the obviously, parameters are going to be a little right. bit you different know, you know, for what you might need. Right, because, uh, I mean, obviously if she was about to go – and be Kenneth Parker and dunk on people. <laughs> she was already got it done. But you know, yeah. as, as a regular job, you know, <laughs> the average person, I guess, I don't want to call it regular, but average person, it, it's it's if you just like you said, if you just keep up the therapy and things like that, will that can that prevent her from ever having the surgery, or is the surgery going to probably be the? Or is she delaying the process, and it's something that may eventually have to happen? No, I mean, it, it can delay the surgery. The only thing you got to keep in on is if, if the meniscus tear in there is attributing to more of the arthritis. If you do an x-ray and the arthritis is getting worse and worse and worse because the bone on bone is kind of irritating that part, then that's something you want to keep in on. Like I said, the meniscectomy, where they go in to do, do the, menis the meniscus scope, it's outpatient. Within about four weeks, you should be back to normal to your, your normal activities. You're actually, as soon as you're done with surgery, you're going to walk out. You're literally going to put weight on it. You're going to walk out. They're going to make you walk out. You may be a little sore, but within a couple of days, you should be fine. A normal meniscectomy for athletes when they could return to play, it's anywhere between about four to six, four to eight weeks. Now, I'm talking about four to eight weeks for them to play on the court and go all out. 
for the average person, about four weeks, you should kind of be fine. The, like I said, but the ACL, make sure whether the ACL is torn or not before they go mess with anything on that part. Um, but the mastectomy is something that you may want to consider. It's very minute, non-invasive. You kind of go in and go out type of thing. But if you want to wait as long as you can, yes, you can definitely do get in on a great rehab program, strengthen the knee, stabilize it. And you, there's some exercises that you may have to avoid, some activities you, you may have to avoid um, just so you want to aggravate it or make it worse. I got. Let, let, I, I understand the athlete portion of it, but again, she's she's an average person, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question that that she's gonna ask. When if she went and had a surgery, when can she start wearing heels again? That's that's. The <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's dependent on how high the heels we're talking about, but yeah, um, you're probably looking at about four weeks. Okay, afterwards. cool. So, yeah. so in four weeks, good rehab, Miss Katrina, you'll be able to be in your heels again, just like new. <laughs> Okay, I do have a question. Um, is it, I mean, eventually, if I have to get surgery, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not 20 and 30. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. have a problem telling my age. I'm 51. So I don't want to be trying to have surgery when I'm in my 60s. Correct. Yes. So that's the thing about it. The, the one issue you want to look at is the, the arthritis part that you're, you're kind of considering right now. So if you said they do have some minor uh, arthritis issues in your knee, is the meniscus that tear, is that attributing to the um, to the arthritis? If that is the case and your doctor feels that that is the case, then you may, may want to consider having the meniscectomy to avoid arthritis. Because once you get arthritis and it gets worse, 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 then we're talking about a whole knee replacement. And you do not want that. Yeah. All right. No. Gotcha. <laughs> we want to stay away from all that stuff. So obviously for now definitely get in a great strengthening program rehab program just like like you said you when you did physical therapy you felt good you got to mm -hmm. stick with that you got to go kind of go back to do that stuff like that there's plenty of people um if you want we can connect afterwards they have my number of other stuff and we can try to get you something going on that part or we can find someone in your local area okay awesome. okay awesome. this was really good i appreciate it Oh, thank you so much for Katrina. Everyone else listening is also uh, sitting there saying it was very helpful. So yeah. we really appreciate yeah, you so sharing you'll your story. You'll be back in those seals in four weeks. That's all. <laughs> yeah, hey, I gotta get you back. <laughs> yeah, the appointment. Right. Thank you, Katrina. You have thank a great, you. You have a great rest of the evening. Thank you for coming. All right, on. take care. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. All right, Marco. Great job. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, okay, Money Mike. Hey, so real quick, man. So I'm I'm looking at two things kind of going on. I, I'm hearing about Trevor, you know, I guess he's kind of healed. They have him on non-contact. Uh -huh. And then I I hear Clay and, you know, they're sending them down to the G League to go get some work. Can we just send Trevor down to G League to go get some work too? And, you know, like what, what's this non-contact stuff versus uh, what Clay Thompson going down to the G League to kind of do? It? Are these the – I know they're two separate injuries, but I, I, I think that they – Still, kind of have is it is is Clay going down there because he's trying to get in game shape, and how beneficiary is non-contact for Trevor? I, you know, I, I'm sure. being simple. So, so, the, so they're they're basically in two different stages of, of the rehab process right now. So, I would say Clay is a little further off, further in advance, or, or further ahead than than um, than Trevor right now. Meaning, because Clay is able to go down there playing the G League. And, and play what we refer to as contact activities versus non-contact. Non-contact is where an athlete is able to, it's basically, like I said, it's basically an athlete uh, doing non-contact, uh, he's on the court by himself, nobody else around him. So he has complete control of his body. He can pivot, he can move, he can stop, he can go whenever he wants and does that. So there's nobody else, nobody to bump up. Play, on the other hand, is clear to do contact. So he's able to play the games. Um, because a majority of the injuries can occur during contactivity. When someone bumps you, someone hits you, if you're not ready to take that load or that bump, 
um, you, you, you can re-aggravate or injure. So in other words, Trevor Reese and Clay Thomas are in two separate um, stages of rehab right now. Plays a lot more advanced. That's why he's clear to do contact stuff. So he's pretty much close to be, to be able to return. And then, too, just like I mentioned, he's also in the stage of trying to get that conditioning back, ready to go. Yeah, kind of like what they refer to as game shape. He's trying to get back exactly. into game shape, where Trevor is not there yet. Well, look, apparently Trevor's answer. So what, what can we do? I mean, how many days he got to be by, in the gym by himself? I mean, because, you know, we need something. All hands on that. All hands on that. Yeah, we're, we're in bad shape. I mean, shape. obviously LeBron didn't get When he came back, we lost by 20. So I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. So so, so I have a quick question since we haven't updated in a little while. How, how's your fantasy team going is uh, man, going? my fantasy is a fantasy right it's now <laughs> it was a like, fantasy look, i went from undefeated to losing like four in a row so. oh it's almost the rams yeah i mean pretty much yeah so <laughs> thank you know today without you know after after marco let me know that i wasn't getting henry back it's it's I, I have nobody, and then look at how sad he sounds. Yeah, He's like, I have nobody. Yeah, I have nobody. I, tell, look, look, I, I got Adrian Peterson. He, you know, I tried him. He got cut, and then oh, I dropped geez. him. And then he actually he got picked up. They, they got picked up, and actually performed pretty well today. So you know, that's what happens, man. Fantasy football is fickle. Fantasy. How, how's your team going, Margo? Um, I, same thing. I, I, I started well, and my team is kind of uh, struggling. I have two of them. One of them is struggling. The other one's for, I was doing well. I'm in second place, so can't complain. I'm All like, right. I'm All right. You're in the mix. You're in the mix. I'm Marco, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sticking around, and thank you for helping Katrina and everybody else who's listening because a lot of people are suffering with that type of knee problem. So we really appreciate it. Please let everybody know how they can get even more knowledge and bits of information just like you shared tonight. Yeah, no problem. If you guys have any questions, you guys are welcome to DM me on my Instagram at MarcoANDUNIS17. You can also follow me there for videos, or you can also subscribe to Evolve Athletic Performance, where I put up weekly sports business tips of the weeks. All right, Marco. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Marco. All right, thanks, Marco. Bye-bye. All right. That was actually nice. Again, I think a lot of people deal with those knee problems mm-hmm. yeah. and they're debating, do I go in for surgery? Um, I would never make that decision for someone, but if you're talking four weeks, yeah. relatively simple, it seems like yeah, I'm good. Right. I have a feeling it's one of those things that you'll eventually get to and you'll be like, why didn't I just do this sooner mm-hmm. type of thing? And I suffered for a while. So hopefully she'll figure out yeah. what's best yeah. for her. But she's got to check that ACL first. Absolutely. So uh, very yeah. interesting stuff. Uh, okay, so let, let's move on. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, as we know, and uh, the Lakers are in trouble. The Lakers just can't seem to find a rhythm. The Lakers can't seem to get the wins back to back or piling up. And every time you think they turn a corner, uh, they they take four steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vogel has the nerve to say they needed a halftime talking to, and that got them that going. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to yeah. Come on. The- I mean, these are champion. To, these are champion players. These are veterans. No one needs a halftime talking to by Frank Vogel. No. Um, they're in really a bad way, Pat. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't necessarily look terrible against the Clippers. However, their defense is just horrendous. Their, their, their decision-making on defense. Yeah. Please. Um, you know what I, I, I noticed, um, when it comes to them, uh, the Lakers, when they play in defense, especially when it comes to the pick and roll, um, there's way too many easy baskets off the pick and roll off a simple, one pick and then it's a lot. It's like there's no rotation, and I don't want to call anybody you know out 
or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But um, I just noticed that we don't get we don't have the same like um, energy or I would say the same uh, a point of attack on defense at the top. Like we don't get any of that anymore. Like we'll allow, we'll allow people come down to court, get into their sets. There's no harassing. You know, obviously, it sounds like we need more of a Caruso out there to go ahead and be a disruptor because we don't have any of that, anybody like that at the point of attack at the at the ball on ball defense is pretty much non-existent. And then when you see there's so many times, you know, the rotations are just not there. And that begs the question, why are we not knowing our assignments on defense? Why is it? How when, is that you know, possible? Yeah. How is that possible? How is like the simple action of a pick and roll? throws everything out of whack, which where every team in the league does the pick and roll. And so they're going to keep playing it, especially when they're scouting that and, that's the squad. And it's the weakness. And I don't understand it. And they need to get that fixed. Money, Mike. Uh, defense is a team sport. Okay. You get one guy out of rotation in the wrong spot and everyone pays the price because everyone's trying to help out and make up for that one guy. But that doesn't seem to be what's going on here. What, what seems to be, at least in my eyes, is the same way they're playing lazy offense where they're hanging around that three point line. They're playing lazy defense and it's the same crap. Mm -hmm. It's the mm -hmm. same lack of heart, mm -hmm. lack of drive, money. What do you see out there? Y you know, I'm I'm confused on so many levels, right? Because I'm I'm listening to these press these post game press conferences, and AD is 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 telling me what happened exactly with that play. You know, LeBron tells me exactly what happens in that play. You know, these veterans that we have, because we have a older team, however you want to say, mm -hmm. they're literally telling us what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, and what the breakdown was, right? So. At what point do we actually take that post game commentary, because and actually apply it to the next game? Right. Because look, Vogel's not a good coach. We've already we we can recognize That's that. That's got to be established already. Yeah, we 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 know. And listen, you see that all the time. Like I always said, the reason why you know the Celtics won a championship was because of Tom Thibodeau, not because of Doc Rivers. I mean, we we know that the assistant coaches are the ones that create, you know, the the real things that go on in court day in and day out. So they have different relationships and things like that. Well, but the assistants are the ones that scout each team. So each assistant's responsible for scouting this team or that team as they're approaching. And if you don't have that or or a coach who doesn't know what to do with that information. But okay, listen, we can blame Frank Vogel, but can't I mean, can we put and we're going to clubhouse with this, but can't we put some of this on the veterans? Like, yes, I mean, because they should be able to play despite. Look, look, they should be getting some of these right. wins despite right. no offense and not playing defense. It should just be a given. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, you literally, like, you literally are saying, oh, at halftime, like you said, is that, that, you know, they had to get a pep talk. That's like some high school stuff to me. First yeah, it of is. All. Second of all, the team was what forty four and twelve, like, 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 and you know, oh my God, we came back and blew them up by thirty. It, it, we are literally five hundred and below teams. We're having problems with yes, and we haven't even really gotten to actually a, a first or second place team. Like, I hate to play that. Why is every why is every 
under 500 team competitive. Oh, dude, they are so they're they are salivating to get to the Lakers. I know it's like the Lakers are straight chicken soup for their egos. It's like, come on, kids, let's go beat up on some old guys well, here, some old yeah. veteran superstars. Look how good you feel. Yeah. You can, I mean, you'll be able to tell your kids you beat LeBron, Westbrook, and AD. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's that's like, what it's become. It's like this, man, and, and we're going to football, right? You know, we everybody know the Rams lost three in a row. They're playing the Jaguars today. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're going to beat the win. Jaguars. They're supposed to win. And they did what they were supposed to right. do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you, the, But you can't even tell them and say, oh, my God, they came back over there. It's the Jaguars. Right. You know, it's like that's, that is not a major accomplishment to beat the Jaguars, right? Like you, you already know, you know what that team is. We haven't played. So you didn't like that they were popping champagne and. All oh, that's <laughs> no, they were, yeah, I know they were, yeah, yeah. I did, they were not doing that. I'll do that. Uh, well, uh, let's let, let, let me ask hey, Andrea, what what can we do? You know, are we are we getting rid, rid of the players and the coaches, or, or how do you who, feel, Andrea? Who, who are we getting rid of first? First and foremost, don't come for the Rams like that. At least they took care of business, okay. It was a blowout, gotcha. and it was a momentum shift, so we got to give them credit, even though it was Jacksonville, they took care of business. Unlike the Lakers who struggle against these lower bottom feeders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who goes first? Vogel. I said this about three weeks ago. <laughs> yep. That's a real good answer. I mean, we have, like you guys were saying, the pick and roll is not being defended. We're not switching. We're not trapping the 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 dribbler as they're coming up the, the court. Like, Russ is the first stage of this, right? Because mm-hmm. he's our starting point guard. There's no aggression or any type of pressure on that person bringing mm-hmm. the ball up. Then it trickles down in momentum because after you beat Russ off the dribble while he's complaining to the ref, then somebody has to switch. The only person that literally plays the pick and roll well, to be honest, even though we dog him out, Anthony Davis is the best defender we have. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Most consistent. Everybody else is lost. And, and it's a problem because every team – that's competitive for us, they run this same offense. Suns are efficient at it. Warriors are efficient at it. And the list goes on. So if we don't get this crap together and Vogel, your expertise is defense, and you can't get that, I don't know why you're here. But, again, let me ask you. I mean, shouldn't the players know this too? Like, we, we're talking about, Absolutely. you know. It's pretty it. basic stuff. Absolutely. Like, if they just went back to basic defensive plays, they'd be doing better than what they're doing here. Well, absolutely. They they should be doing better. But then again, let's switch it. I know they're veterans and they should be doing this. It's apparent he's lost the locker room, dude. During timeouts, if you guys are watching, like during timeouts, nobody goes to him. He don't have no clipboard out. Like there is nothing that shows he has this team. I don't think they're motivated. You need to shake something up ASAP. And that shakeup should just be the first person to go. If you're gonna cut a player too, by all means, I'm I'm ready and willing. Let's cut Kenton Baysmore. Let's yep. cut DeAndre Jordan. Yep. Let's do it. Let's start shaking stuff up so we can get moving. Yeah, but then it doesn't look like Palinka's doing that though. He he's like trying to make like some another blockbuster trade. It seems like. Well, I mean, it, to me, it just seems like they're just coasting. Like, to where? They're, they're no, not winning. Well, no, but see, this is, okay, so this is what I'm talking about. And that's a problem there. So coasting. so you see, you see, like, I've heard this argument. I'm going on, like, a lot of message boards and stuff, and you and you start seeing, well, the Lakers are only a game and a half out of fourth place. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, but but we're still, like, 500. I don't give a damn if we're at four and a, one and a half games out of fourth place. I don't give a damn. 
we're still, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're still 500. They're going to start pulling away. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so basically that's what we're shooting for. Cause that's obviously, the same as it's only preseason. That's what I'm talking about. And you can see it in the, you can see it in the body language on the on the players. Um, there's so many teams. I mean, so many players. Like, let's just go back. Just to go back to the, the Clipper game. The end of the game. Okay? Paul George ain't hit a three all game. <laughs> I mean, he probably, if he hit one, he hit one in the first two minutes of the first quarter. If he did. I don't know if he did anymore. But he, he was pretty much not having his best game. And Luke Kennard comes in there. And I think he hit, what, did he hit three in a row? Like, he hit three in a row. Yeah. And and like so he's the hot one, but we they went him open. But we go ahead and leave him open, and we went based upon just star power or whatever. We had to go ahead and double Paul George. That's a coaching situation right there. That's like I don't uh, I like basically you That's know I like call a friggin' timeout. Who you who can you leave and who can you and who you have to stay home on? And the fact that they're not doing that, it's just bad all the way around and. I don't, I don't know. I know. We're, I know we're going to hold the, the veterans accountable. I know that, and yes, they should. This should, it should be a lot on their on their plate. But when you have a guy that his hallmark is defense, and we are not doing anything supposed, basic, supposed like I've hallmark. seen Thibodeau <laughs> at this point. It's but, but yeah, but, but I've seen Thibodeau it's take unproven. like anybody. Like anybody and turn him yeah. into a defense. He went. Player. He got the. He got the Knicks job, mm-hmm. and the Knicks were like were a laughing stock. And all of a sudden, he just made all these guys that supposedly didn't play defense. All of a sudden, now they're top ten in the league in defense because he knows defense. He doesn't matter what the personnel is; he's gonna get the best out of that personnel. Same thing with the Lakers. You, if you're supposed to be a, a defensive coach, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be able to get these guys to play and buy in. With this squad, they should be top ten defense with with a supposed defensive minded coach, and they're 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 far below that. I mean. We're seeing literally like obvious things, right? Right. Like, it, like we, they, you see Kennard and Morris at the three point line, and I'm watching it on TV. So Wide like, open, you know. And I'm like, okay, this is where Tyrone Lue placed these people. So it's almost like he said, "Yeah, y'all go. I mean, we let me go throw the ball to Paul George, and y'all." It's almost like he had a script. Right. Yeah. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pass the ball to Paul George. Everybody gonna double team him. Yep. Even though he only had 19 points, but you know, yep. everybody let's double team him. And then Paul George passes out to wide open. And then everybody's like, Oh my god, I can't believe you I can't believe it. we hit the shot. <laughs> okay, wow. I, I have a question. Okay. Uh Andre, are you still with us? And we have other people in the room too. Anybody else want to I am, and uh, CJ's a Clipper fan too, so I know he'll want to. Okay, well, we'll bring him in. I, I have a question for you, really quick, and and whether or not we should or shouldn't read into this. Um, so, uh, LeBron was asked, I guess, a little bit about um, Tyron Liu, and he said that as a coach, he has no weakness. Is that a slight against Vogel, or is that just a compliment? Well, well let me let me. Jo- oh my God. Oh, Hell sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So that yeah, that is his. Absolutely. That's the shot across the bow, right? For me, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but uh, again, if I'm a 19 year old, you know, nineteen nineteen year veteran, and I know my coach is whack, can we just not listen to him and go? I mean, cause this first of all, 
this dude is when he's out there coaching and telling me everything when he's not playing. Why don't he do that when he's playing? Cause, okay, because Rondo does it. Rondo is on the he's court the coach, and, yes. and he's moving people around and he's creating movement. Why isn't LeBron doing those same types of things? That's that's a quick answer. I think, and this is just my personal opinion. I honestly feel like he wants him to crash and burn so we can get him out of here. Yeah. Don't help him because once it gets down to the stretch in the playoffs, we don't want to be. What playoffs? Playoffs? Uh, <laughs> playoffs? You talking listen, playoffs? We're playoffs. We're, hold on. We're, you got to think about the future, okay? I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm worried about the same thing, right? But the fact of the matter is we are literally a game and a half out of the fourth place, like you said. The West is not that hard this year, except for those two top heavy teams. Everybody else is playing like crap. I don't know mm-hmm. where Dame Miller uh, disappeared to. Yeah. Denver is is injured. Um, other teams, Dallas is still trying to figure it out. They have good games and they got bad games and they got good games and they got bad games. Clippers, we actually did not play bad against. We just didn't play defense. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of like mediocre teams on the West with a couple top heavy teams and that's it. So if we keep doing this back and forth, I'm pretty sure we'll make the playoffs. So that's why I said they're thinking if we get there, Frank Vogel cannot be there because he's not going to be the coach to take this roster um, to, to the, to the promised land. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Then without Frank Vogel, you now have a void who fills the void that's always the question a lot of people are saying fire vogel fire vogel get rid- well but who fills the void is it somebody who's already on our bench is there anyone out there yes oh no. who, who do we got who go, chimed in go, please Landon. go ahead i did i did as you got fisdale who's a lebron guy and you have phil handy that's a lebron guy. i like phil handy so who takes the the so fisdale and then move up handy as lead assistant probably Okay, what do you think or, about or, that? Or very vice versa. Who, who's talking? What's your name? That's Landon. Landon, Landon thank you. Okay, uh, what do you think of that idea? We talked about that, uh, actually, that really handy is the best coach that they have, the best player coach, no question. But I don't know that he's the team coach. I, I don't know. What do you think, Money Mike? Look, I love Phil Handy for what he does, but he's never been a head coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he has great relationships with the players. Um but these veterans look like they need to be coached because, <laughs> you know, because I've seen veteran teams like, you know, actually go out there, not care really what the coach was doing, and then went out there and won the game, you know, based on their own conversation amongst themselves. You know what I mean? You hear all the time with Kobe and with Powell and, or Kobe and Shaq will have conversations before, okay, look, we're going to go out there and win this game. And then it had nothing to do with the conversation with the coach. They just knew what they had to do on the floor to make those things happen. I just don't understand why we have these veterans and there no one is is doing those types of things. I mean Steph. It, well, I well, first of all, let's I mean, where's where's I mean, we're at this point where we should start being we should start hearing well, we're gonna have like a players, uh, players only uh, meeting. Like yeah. this, is where we, we're starting to hear like this it is the time. This would be the time where you, when everyone can see, you can hear the rumblings. Like this is the polar time. Somebody needs to be they, they call it a player and players only meeting. No one coaches or nothing like that. So let's go back to. I mean, reason why I was saying that. I mean, Vogel is very like is the hot topic right now because if he's like letting like you know like side chair GMs like me 
able to call him out, then I know the people that really get paid for this know exactly what they're doing. And now, case in point here, you're taking, we, we had the incident with DJ. DJ came out of the starting lineup. They said, we're going to put in Dwight. I was happy about that. Everybody was happy. Everybody about was that. happy about that. Cool. Now, got the rest of, we got, we got AD, we got LeBron, we got Westbrook, we got Dwight. Why, why aren't you starting Malik Monk? Why aren't you putting Monk in the starting lineup with this? Because we need spacing. Now, THD, I love the guy. He came out there with his hair on fire in the first first few games. I just saw a tweet come across. Uh, this is not Lakers related, but it is uh, news. Brandon Ingram has requested a trade. Wow. Mm. That just came from Shams. Well, just came across. He right must now. have saw Zion and saw like, man, he, <laughs> he, he's he like, ain't serious, that man. Just gonna eat me. My man, my <laughs> man just, ain't serious, man. Yeah, but but you see what I'm saying? Like when it comes to Vogel, it's like you gotta you gotta put the best players on the court. I mean, you you looking at the maybe key, he y'all. don't know who the best players. Are. Look, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm I'm. I'm we like, all know who the best look, players dude, on the court are. All you got to do is go to basketballreference.com or whatever. <laughs> you can look at somebody per. You can see which which combination of players are going to give you the maximizing the best. You can look at that, bro. I can get that. So I know people that are in charge and make millions of dollars to be able to do that too. So that's what I'm saying. He, all that is at, is at his disposal. You can't, you can't have that and, 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 and th- throw in THC. And then you see exactly what we're talking about. No spacing. No one's it's just everyone's watching AD or LeBron or whatever go to work. And we don't have any continuity off. It just looks bad. And I'm thinking, okay, well, here we go. He doesn't know anything about the uh, the offensive side of the ball, but that's what I'm looking at. Like when I see him and making these bonehead rookie mistakes, and I'm like, wait a minute, you got a championship, dude. You got a champ. You supposed to be a championship coach. What's going on? He was carried to that championship. So hey, you know what? No hey, doubt. Let's have some fun. I hear CJ is a is a Clipper fan. Did you feel like you won a championship uh, on Friday? That, that, on Friday. Was that nah, your week? man? Nah, man. Um. I'm one of the, I'm one of the ones that started from Michael Odom McCanny Day, so I'm real humble right, when it comes you. to my fandom. Yeah, I'm real humble when it comes to my fandom. I respect y'all franchise. You know, I'm not the one that talks on the side. You know, I grew up with Dre, so she know I, I don't I don't talk shit about yeah. uh, Lakers at all. I respect y'all franchise and what y'all have done uh, for the city of LA. You know, um, Kobe is my goat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's a good pick. Me being a Clipper fan, I. I I do I do say this. When it comes to what I see as far as Lakers, I watch both teams. Um, I'm a huge Clippers fan, but I watch the Lakers just, you know, because I'm a basketball um, junkie. Um, I, I just Frank Vogel doesn't make adjustments. You know, you, you guys made a perfect example. Um, it was four plays in a row where PG had a pick and roll and Russ and Monk or Russ and whoever, they both pulled to him leaving Kennard open on the free throw line or open on the three-point line. And it was literally four plays in a row. You know what I'm saying? And as a veteran-led team, that shouldn't happen. I mean, I, I know we can put blame on Frank Vogel, but as a veteran-led team, as you said, PG wasn't having his good game, but Kennard was hot. So how is there four straight plays ran for him? <laughs> there was one play that he was on an island. Like, he was by himself. Like, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. To but you was happy team. every time it did, though. Admit it. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a fan, but I mean, yeah. but he given his but like he was shocked. Know, he was shocked every single time but, too. But yeah, but basically, what he said, I can't believe it's this easy. 
you know, and so for you to you that's know, right, be that's what he said. Offense, you know, the team, the Clippers, you know, you're like, man, this is this is literally, you know, like <laughs> eating cake. Like it's oh. pretty much so. Yeah. And can, I, and can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Go when ahead. it comes to THT, in, in my personal opinion, and this is just me watching the game, Russell Westbrook and THT are interchangeable to me um, from watching from watching their game i just feel tht is more unturnover prone um, from russ and i think he has a better shot than russ but i just feel like they're interchangeable i feel like you put in two russes in the lineup with brian and ad that's i feel like monk should come into the lineup but the only thing when you put monk into that starting lineup defensively it drops even more you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, what are you you're picking your poison here? Do you go for more scoring and less defense or less scoring and a clog uh, with more defense? Okay, well, I would just say that. I would say this, though. I would say to that, though, is like the 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 rotation or the lineup that you have, you ain't getting defense anyway. So it's like at this point, I mean, like, when, who's the defense? Like, where the defense coming from? Because I mean, we take it now, and we are gonna get worse on defense. Like, no, I rather at this point nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. Let's That's be more efficient on offense. Let's yeah. blow people out, and let's just win on offense. Because obviously, we haven't gotten you know, we never got a clue <laughs> on defense. Just give up on the D. Yeah, just give up D. Just go so, blow so it take out a D'Antoni like, approach and man, just score just the straight Paul Westhead. <laughs> Old school Denver Nuggets and just let's roll, baby. <laughs> That's your whole shoot, shoot, what, shoot. What was, what was that Dallas team that did that? They just tried to outscore everybody. Oh, uh, uh, that was on uh, with um, Donnie. That was yeah, Donnie. That was yeah, like, that was back in the well, was that back in the day when they had like uh, man. Was that, was that back in the day when they had like Roy Tarpley? They had yeah, like and like and like Harper hey, they, and they, they got Black one. Man. They got one twenty every, yeah, every day. Yeah, and <laughs> same thing. Same same thing with um with the different Nuggets with the, with, the, with Fat Lever and Alex Angeles yeah. and all them. They were under twenty, under forty, hundred forty. It was like hundred forty, hundred thirty five. Like what? The hell? <laughs> but but look, they were in shape though because they were running up and down. Man, man. they got the other team tired. Plus, obviously, I mean, come on, dude. It was Denver. So if you and you going to Denver <laughs> and, and, they, mile and, high, they, already and they running winded. you. Yeah, you're already winded. You, you, you know, That's you why their that. home record was yeah. so drastically different than their yeah. record. <laughs> come back off the mountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Clubhouse, I think I heard uh, you guys talking. Was anyone that want to say something? I was saying that we believe Warriors, too. Uh with Steven Jackson and Monte Ellis and Baron Davis, mm-hmm. they was running. They was mm-hmm. running them out uh, too with no yep. defense. And I was, was coached by Donnie. Uh, Donnie, right? Yeah, we believe. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that. Though. Let's, <laughs> let's be very clear, right? I just want us to be very honest with ourselves. There is not one damn person on the Lakers that can run. Okay? That often, yeah, that's true. Run, period. So we can't do this fast enough to to score like that and be up and down the court. Listen, with all of these veterans, honestly speaking, the only way around this is like we have to have a consistent lineup and literally at least play man. We ain't got to do nothing special. There was no reason we should have trapped Paul George until he exposed how offensively dominant he was in that game. There's no way we should have done it. It should have just been man defense, no trapping, because it literally is Paul George and them. I I, mm-hmm. I don't understand why we're doing this. Um, but to me, we're not – we have to lock in on defense because we don't have a sharp shooting team. We have – if anything – 
we have a bunch of people that can't shoot consistently. So okay. we need to lock. Our, okay, hang on, Andre. You're saying that's what we need to do, but where are we actually closer? Are we closer to getting a better offense or closer to getting a better we're, defense? We're as close as our record says we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're right smack dab in the middle. Like we need to just choose a way. And this is me being honest. Choose we a path. Choose the direction we're yeah. going. Gotcha. Because I feel like that's majority of our problem. What the heck are we? What's what are our we identity? Yep. Are we going to be a defensive specialist team? Are we going to sharpshoot? If that's the case, Carmelo, Malik Monk, and everybody needs to get more minutes mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. You're, I think they're just lost. So, I mean, so basically what you're saying, Andre, if I'm hearing, like, we came out trapping uh, Paul George in the first quarter, and we continue to trap him in the fourth quarter. With therefore, there was not an adjustment made based on the flow of the game. That's basically what we're, we're saying. As soon as right? we took the momentum That's- away from Paul George, we should have then sought our eyes on who had that momentum, who was beating us, and then said, and "Okay, what- Paul George, if you want to beat us, go ahead, but you're not gonna, you know." And then or canard, and then go from there. But listen, there's no way Paul George could have beaten no us by exactly. Himself. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a coaching problem again. Like, there's no reason to trap him for a whole game. After you have him ice cold, dude, play man, right? His shot shouldn't just automatically fall. The person that gets red hot next, trap them. Like, you got to make adjustments. And we're not doing anything. Hey, CJ, you're a Clipper fan. How do we beat y'all? Um, Man, that's a very good question. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> because we haven't been playing good. That's, <laughs> That's so, the problem. Um, because our weakness, our weakness right now, honestly, I mean, granted, our health is not good whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching a fight as we speak, and I'm looking at Kawhi at the fight right now, and I just hope, I just wish he was in Portland with us for tomorrow's game. He's hanging but, at um, the fight. That's yeah, <laughs> so, awesome. Batum, Batum is our is our X factor, and he hasn't played. Um, in some games too with COVID protocol, but health and and right now we just we just we just turn over the ball too much, man. So if you, it's easy for us to turn over the ball. That's that's pretty much our weakness right now. Is just we we just haven't we don't have no continuity with each other, so we turn over the ball a lot. But um, all I was going to ask you guys was how much does Kendrick how, how much does Kendrick Nunn and Ariza help you guys? Well. They, they they're for defense, so you know I want a reason for defense. Yeah, um, um, and I hope he can just come in and actually play that because they're not going to. We've already established it's not going to be coached, so hopefully Trevor just can see you know just go in here and do that. Kendra Nunn, you know he he is okay defensively. Hopefully he can be able to get some shots out, get hot. Um, it, Who it's, minutes it's are a, they taking though? I'm sorry. Who minutes are they taking? Man, he can have anybody except for ADs, as far as I'm concerned. Kendrick can make sure that Russ gets more seated minutes, like bench minutes. That's what I feel. Because at the end of the day, it, it's still it still is a glaring obvious fact that Russ and LeBron next to each other doesn't work. It's still the same. So I think that Kendrick should play alongside LeBron and Russ should run the bench unit more so. Surround him with Malik Monk, uh, 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 Dwight Howard, um, bring in Carmelo, um, you know, that whole unit. That's who Russ needs to run with because y'all can run as fast as y'all want. All y'all can run with like a chicken with your head cut off. 
change the speed on offense on the bench. But I think that Russ needs to see minimal minutes next to LeBron because I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's just a train wreck. Everything's just a train wreck. We've been saying that all year, though, right? <laughs> like, so then is it, yeah, is it not, fair? Really it's always fair to blame the coach somewhat, but is it really fair to blame the coach when, yes. uh, you know, uh, he was given this Westbrook and instead of a, a heel who knows what his vote I, was? I totally believe that they had a conversation about this. Before. Yeah, but he didn't have much of a vote. I but can he, promise no, he, you that. He definitely didn't have a, a say in Yeah. There's no way. So if he said, no, I'd really like heel, LeBron, everybody else just went, mm, okay. Well, that's why I'm I'm a little perturbed about, you know, and, uh, okay, let's be fair here. The past 10 games, Westbrook has not been the problem. I, I'm, 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 I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. That, that's my opinion. Now, if there's some other, like, uh, you know, advanced analytics to go ahead and, and be contrary to that point, then I'll be all for that looking at that. But my eyeballs see um, that Westbrook has some issues, but the glaring issues that we were harping on in the beginning of the season, those are pretty much, like, they've been reduced. So it's not the same guy. Turnovers he's, are down. Yeah, turnovers are down pretty much. And he's he actually is like contributing. Like I'm looking at him and he's one of the players that I see sometimes have the heart. Like we don't like we don't have like one thing that I noticed about the team two years ago is that we had dogs on defense, but we also have people that will make timely shots. So even though they were not really offensively gifted, they did make the shots when they counted. So when they were in there for just defensive purposes, when they would get the ball, they were able to make a basket. You know, now last year we changed the whole makeup of the team. It was different. But two years ago, it's kind of like what this team wants to try to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, there's some there's some things that are missing here. Um, you don't have that on-the-ball defense that you had once again. I mean, when Pete, when Caruso was on the ball, and I hate going back to Caruso, but I don't, I, I don't want – us to like stay in the past looking at Crusoe. I just wish we could have replaced him with somebody of his his type. You know, if you're gonna lose him, then you need to replace the things that he does well. And we didn't we never replaced that. So when you when he's on the ball and he's doing his thing and he, I mean he's actually this year he is now the leader in steals. He's top he's a he's a steals per game and I think total steals is like Caruso is number one in the league so that's just staying a little bit but going back to what we not even have it like when he's on the ball then you can go overplay a lot of stuff like you can jump in the passing lanes a little bit you can get in your he makes your defense easier then you have the eraser Dwight Howard all he's doing or JaVale McGee just blocking shots you see the formula the thing is, we don't have any of that. And sometimes our guards, I'm going to put it out there, my, our guards be lazy sometimes. Oh, no, they're they be, they be lazy. Offense and Lazy defense. on that pick and roll. Sometimes you'll see the guy, and I'm sorry, if Carmelo, I'm going to tell you right now, if Carmelo Anthony is playing the corner three, if his man is on a corner three and they're doing pick and roll, he is not getting there over there to affect any of that pick and roll when that guy dies to the basket. He is just non-existent. He is taking the ball out of the basket. That's what he's doing because he's not playing any defense. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, we're, but you knew what you were getting with Carmelo, though. So I mean, that's not a surprise. Yeah, but dude, you, we we hit a lot of people on two years ago. We hit a lot of people defensively. We hit people, but we couldn't. We we're we we're just so many holes, man. It's like a sieve right there. It was too many holes on defense before. It used to be plugging one thing and then kind of like work around it. We have so many holes. If there's a Westbrook on the court and Carmelo on the court, then you know sometimes. Nine, nine times, you know, eight out of those time, ten times, you're not going to get the best defensive effort out of those two guys. So, your defense is not always going to be consistent. So, I don't know. I mean, we, we it, it it goes on the veterans. 
it also goes on the coaching, but they need to fix this thing right now before we get out of hand. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting that point. It's getting out of hand. It's already out of hand for me. Yeah, the, the problem is now is that they've given just about the whole league uh, uh, confidence that they can beat the Lakers, and the Lakers have shown nothing. Absolutely nothing new, no growth, no anything to even say, well, if we just do more of that, if we just did this, if we, other than you can say, well, Rondo, at least when he was out there, he friggin' general, he was a general on the floor and actually put people in their place. Other than that, there's, there's been no bright lights. There's been no, if we can just capture that and put it in a jar, we'd be good. Right. I mean, usually there's that. You know, so so I think we officially have to go on record as saying that, yes, the preseason was a sign. It was a precursor. It was a warning as to what was to come. And and, and I, I just think we have to put to rest the whole that preseason doesn't matter anymore. It just does. It just does. For certain teams, it doesn't. If you're a three-time championship team, maybe not. Right. But when you have a new squad every year, if you're going to run the Rob Polinka plan, which is the one-year, two-year deals, that's it, and constantly rotate players, then preseason is extremely important. It just is. I agree. It just is. Money, how do you feel? You know, I'm just thinking because you know, we're in L.A. And and we, okay, cool. We, we got that championship. Then we lost this one. We lose another one or we don't make it or we don't, you know, we don't get one this year. They, I think the people that are on, on our team are going to really recognize how L.A. feels about us not winning when we should have. Or we, you know, because, look, I don't even see us getting out the first round, right, So at, at this moment because you have teams that are may not be on paper. You look at, oh, my God, you got all these all-stars here, but their chemistry is better. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, they know how to play together. We, you know, what I mean, we don't. Every they have the complete opposite of what we have. And if we don't even have, um, <laughs> we have no a showing. You know, what no. I mean, we, we, we no. have a showing in the playoffs. I think people, they gonna really realize, like, okay, y'all really need to blow because they didn't need to blow up the team. Now, in my opinion, there, there was no reason to blow up the team that we had previously. You know, that team to me was built better because everybody understood what their role was. This team, they, we basically put a whole bunch of plea, you know, superstars. And, you know, I always want to play with you, LeBron. And great. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, you know. Um, and listen, Carmelo, let me tell you this. At the beginning of the season, I was like, dude, I don't, you know, keep Carmelo away. And that's the guy that. Is doing exactly what he mm-hmm. should be doing, and he's doing he's doing the best job. He's the most exciting person. He's to watch. the most consistent mm-hmm. offensive player mm-hmm. that we have, right? Uh, and and you knew what to expect, and that's pretty much and, what we got. And, he, and he's doing that. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the problem though for me because you know you you have a certain expectation for LeBron, he's not doing that. You have a certain expectation for Dwight, he's not doing that. You know you you have a certain expectation for what they everything else that they put in the chemistry of Westbrook, and they're not they're not doing that. The only one that's doing what we what we knew what he could do is Carmelo coming out there and shooting, making shots. But we knew he wasn't going to get no assist, and we knew he wasn't going to play the defense. So he's the only one I'm not mad at, right? <laughs> he's doing exactly what you expect. <laughs> he's doing exactly what he would expect. Everyone else is playing below expectation. Every, everybody else is is doing everything different. Like LeBron used to have to chase down. Have we have we even had to chase down block this year? 
that's a good point. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, when it comes to LeBron, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we we also got. To, I mean, he is like you said before, he is a nineteen year veteran. No, so. hey, wait a minute, hold up, everybody was talking about how. Oh my God, Father Time, you know, is not affecting him. He's okay. he's the best player in the league. He's the goat. So that's you know, fine, that, but he, he's still in his prime. I mean, this is the narrative that everybody okay. was giving us. Well, we're we're, we're, we're going to also then if we're going to talk about that, let's just talk about other people that played games up until nineteen, twenty years in the league. No, we understand and then that. You but tell me what they look like in nineteen. I'm just saying what the narrative was. I know the narrative. I'm just saying right. the narrative. Yeah, but, but the narrative isn't saying yeah. Compare him to a a three year vet. The narrative is for this age, he's taking great care of his body compared to almost any player that's ever existed. And that has allowed him to maintain this level much longer than any other player ever has. Look, this dude came off the injury and we lost by 20. I'm trying to figure out what was the difference from when he when, when he was. But we were losing before he got in the court. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying though. This dude literally is not making a difference. Can we lose by five? No money, Mike. There we go. There we <laughs> go. Just, okay, let's go play us. Save us. You have to recognize that. It, it, I don't think people understand truly how chemistry and cohesion with new pieces is important. I feel like. We keep trying to fit a circle into a square with this Russell and LeBron on the floor at the same time. The spacing is terrible. Mm -hmm. The defense is terrible. It doesn't work. And I think that it's not LeBron's fault. The trade was LeBron's fault, probably. Whoever asked for Russ, whoever okayed it. LeBron. This was going to be. That was AD too, man. Okay, but you know that this doesn't happen without LeBron's okay. All of them included. Palinka, yeah. like Palinka is the one. Him here, but fast forward. Honestly speaking, LeBron James comes in and out of the lineup, and that's not an easy plug-in. You know what I'm saying? Every time he leaves and comes back, we got to start over with chemistry every time. And I think that's what our issue is because our coach doesn't know how to make adjustments, which just packs on to the issue. And and he doesn't know when to sub certain players. Like he for god awful substitution timing. Like he wants to leave LeBron on the floor till he's literally panting and falling over. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But other, I swear it literally. We just the only thing that I think we need to do at this point make an adjustment, shake something up, fire somebody, cut somebody now, and but, that's what's gonna shake us up. And okay. I'm serious. Okay, firing. Fire. See. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and that, that's a classic ploy to get a team riled up, fire somebody, fire the coach, do this, do that. This is a veteran squad. It's just not going to – I don't see that working. Uh, I, I, look, we can't – I hate to say it, we can't be much worse, but, you know, you fire Vogel, I, I'm always like that void. Who are you putting there that's better that the There's teams can options, listen to? There's better options. I would I would be fine with leaving Fisdale as assistant. And, and I know this is going to throw you guys, but bringing Sam Cassell in. You got a player coach, mm. offensive-minded coach. He's going to yeah. relate to the to the point guard position and, and definitely make that impactful because that's where a majority of our issues lie. Our defense starts at the point guard position and fails miserably and just trickles because everybody has to help. Yep. I think bringing somebody like Sam Cassell – I'm not with the D'Antoni experiment again. I think Sam Cassell, 
bring him in, Lee Fisdale where he is, Phil Handy, I completely love, but there's a big difference between a head coach and a, <laughs> and what he's doing. So I don't believe him as a head coach works. Drea, but you can't back to bring in these big Chauncey with the same, with what Portland has going on in um prior to the season. Yeah, I don't I don't see him Chauncey as the same coach to be honest with you. No, I'm, they have some of the similar background is what I'm talking about. I didn't really want to put that out there, but they have a similar things in their background that line up. It's oh, that's what you're talking okay, about. Really. Okay, well, me personally, I need a offensively minded coach. Uh, nobody on our on our uh, coaching staff is offensively uh, mindset. Everybody's defense uh, and skills, right? We have nobody to help us catapult offensively and put rotations together offensively. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, look, it's again. Are we putting anything, any of this on these on these veterans that been pinned all these years? Like, shouldn't they know these things? Like, we know it. Shouldn't they know it? Shouldn't they try to do yes, something different? They do. That's why I keep saying I believe that. Coasting, I believe they're being lazy right now on the court. Like they, there's no sense of urgency. Like that's the thing. Like once they lose some games, so is that what the firing of the coach will bring? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to light a fire some way. I don't know how to do it. Andrea anybody. thinks that firing the coach will do. That. I mean, or I mean, you can't trade anybody. We don't even have any assets to trade, and we can't trade anybody out. No one's going. We don't to, have many options. Tell yeah. us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we're not trading anybody. So basically either we firing somebody or we cutting somebody. Other than that, and we, or we're begging a reason and none to get healthy real quick. Yeah, but that's but not going to change. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's our options now. We're, we're pretty much, this is it. We're going to, this is, this is, this is the horse that we brought. Now we got to ride that ball. Okay. And so that's look, where we're at now. So everybody saw it in Cleveland, right? You know, LeBron didn't like, uh, the fans. Was, no. Uh, who was that that guy from over uh, overseas? David Black. He didn't like David Black, yep. and then he brought Tyron Lue in. So literally, that's basically what has to happen. So who is LeBron picking? Because he can't get Ty- Tyron Lue. That was the first choice two three years ago. Was Tyron Lue right? So so who so who is he picking to come and coach the team? Because that's basically what the what the real answer is. I mean, who does he? Re- that's the next question. Who who does he actually respect that's not either on the roster or out there that can come in and get him to, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's the million dollar question, and I don't think we have that answer. Yeah. Only person, only person I can think of is his old coach from St. Mary's. <laughs> I mean, it's it got to that point where LeBron's like, oh, you peasants. And there's no one here to coach me. I'm going to bring somebody from my high school. <laughs> or one of his friends. One of his friends. Who do I want to hear? Who do I want to hear talk to me? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, the Lakers need God. They got a lot of work to do. And right now, I mean, unfortunately, I hate to use this word, but they've been exposed, man. They're yeah. being, they're being exposed. exposed. They're being exposed right now. No, they've and, already and, been exposed. And, and, and now they are looking have to at them like looking at things like, okay, I can take your lunch, man. I can take your yeah. lunch right yeah. now. This, this, this is not this is it's so, easy money. I would say, I would say this like the Lakers could beat anybody in a one game series, but they're done for in anything more than that. Like, <laughs> yeah, they can anything. get lucky basically. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I, I mean, talent like they got they got the, the gravitas. The ability to smash even the you know the Warriors whoever 
one game, but best of seven, man, they just go ahead and call it a wrap. I and that's I'm the coaching. Kidding. Dude, that's the coaching. Then. We played, if we play field. I don't think it's the coach. So hear me out. I don't think it's coaching. I think it's A, the coaching, and B, the ability to be coached and cohesiveness. Because you mm-hmm. look at the Warriors, I mean, it is coaching, but it's also the ability to gel and mesh, knowing that the goal of unity as the team is better than the individual. Yeah, but I, that's that's the I agree that's with that. That's the problem with Russ, you guys. And I hate it, you know, when we said that, you know, the 10 games he's been doing well, I I hate to say this. And I'm not harping on him, I swear, but your point guard should be making other people look better, not himself. And that's the problem. Yeah, he's not a true point. That's the issue. We need somebody that's going to go in there and propel people forward. Lonzo goes to the Chicago Bulls, defensively makes a statement, and makes Vucevic, uh, DeMar DeRozan, they all then turned into great facilitators for themselves. Like, he just made everybody bring their game up. And that's what we need. Somebody that can actually be a true point guard. And we don't have that. Everybody that's left the Lakers has gotten better since they left, once LeBron got there. And I'm I'm a huge Kobe fan. I'm a huge Laker fan. That's a jaded point, though, because they were all young, and they've, they've continued to grow. That's a jaded but, point, and then and then also it, it's not it's not right. fair because you know that on a team with a LeBron and an AD that none of those players are going to get the the time that they would get like a Kuz is getting in Washington or a Caruso is getting there. It just that's it, where the coach and the GM need to play and say, hey, look, these guys are young, they're coming up, they're going to fill you. That's that's where talking and conversing with your players. I mean, look, Caruso is leading the NBA in steals. Yeah. It's the entire NBA. So everybody that's left there. And I, if, it, if it was just Ingram or just Ball, but it's not. It's almost, I mean, look at Harold. Montrez Harold's oh, yeah, no sharp right now. I mean, that you could basically start a new team. You could start almost a new starting rotation with the players that have left Lakers. Hey, oh, yeah. And, and, that, and that's and true. Compete. And look, and, and they'll know, like, if you listen to a past well, episode. the players that the Lakers have traded away. Not necessarily that I've left the Lakers. That's a, there's a difference. Oh, we, we, we talk about people that traded away. Yeah, yeah, they were traded away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, this, this is awesome. I know that we can continue to talk about this forever because there's no quick solution to this. That Otherwise, we'd all be sitting here and we'd all be really happy. But Money Mike always finishes our show with a segment that we call Money Mike's Out of Bounds. And Money Mike's going to go ahead and share a topic, and he wants to know, and Clubhouse, we want you part of this. We want to know, is his thoughts or opinion on this topic inbounds or out of bounds? Money Mike, go. Yeah, so you know what? Like, actually, I got this out of bounds in the middle of this conversation that that we've been having about the Lakers and what we can do. And and I think Andrea brought up about us making the playoffs. Am I out of bounds to say it don't matter if we make the playoffs if we lose in the first round? Because, oh, I that's, mean, yeah, no. because, I mean, rather we are in 10th place or we are the AC, then we get swept by. Does it matter? Because I don't, if we get swept, it doesn't, as far as I'm concerned, we never should have made the playoffs anyway. And my other balance for saying that, like, the goal should not be to make the playoffs. Let's start with Clubhouse. Anyone Clubhouse, go ahead and chime in, please. The goal is to win a championship every year with the Lakers. Doesn't matter what the team looks like. The goal is to win a championship when you're in L.A., with the Lakers at least. All right. All right. So, so you sound inbounds. Go ahead. Next. You're, in, you're inbounds. I, I agree. Okay. Um, Pat. My, my answer is win or build towards winning. Right. You, you need to see advancement. Yep. You need to see that advancement, that growth. Right. Or, or you trade a player 
to get a couple first rounders, maybe 2022, 2024 first. Like you're to where the fans. That's go, completely okay, look, opposite can... of what the Lakers are yeah, doing. Around see, the look, I, 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 and, and, and let me just say something to that, you know, real quick. You guys know, man, you guys have been hearing me. I didn't want to trade off the team to, for the team that we have now. Cause remember I was saying Lucky in my you. philosophy, we had, I said, we had a good core you know, second, third year players that were building together that were getting the chemistry. And there was and I see, you know, everything to be like in waves, right? And 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 warriors were at the top at the time. And I'm like, well, just maybe, be patient. Yeah, just be patient. They'll have the contract disputes and and you know, somebody gonna get paid more, then they'll start breaking down. And as they start going down, we'll be coming up and then we can replace them with the young foundational team. But of course, you know, we want to get that name brand players and then this is kind of what we have yeah well it also got us a championship so that is a fact it did it is it is but we broke we we blew up that team yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna say right now um just i hope i hope we get our stuff stuff straight real quick because um if clay got anything in the time <laughs> it's a wrap i'm letting y'all know right now look at me in my face i'm letting you know right now if he has anything in the tank it's a wrap for everybody, not just for us, for everybody, dude. They already have the chemistry. They know exactly what they want to do when they want to do it. They do it, and they do it efficiently. And they're blowing teams out without Clay. If he has anything in the tank, it is Reynolds' wrap. I'm telling you right now, don't even trip. You know it. Everybody in here that are Laker fans know it to be true. They see what Absolutely. it looks like. We know what it looks like. We've been there. We're championship. We know what championship teams look like. That looks like a championship team. We don't. We play them in the first round. We getting a gentleman sweep at best. It's going five at best. And I'm just saying that because I'm a Laker fan. We should be swept. That's Club all real. Clubhouse, go. Anyone clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah, if he's 80 to 85% of who he was before, it's over. <laughs> he don't even, even got to be 90%. He's eight, 85%. I mean, he can just put in 22, 23 minutes off the bench. And, you know. Rotate in with him and hit eighteen points and Curry. Yeah, I mean it's. it's I still, I still feel like um, there's still adjustments that can be made. So I'm not gonna panic a hundred percent. Like we're still. The fact of the matter is, we're still in December. Uh, trade deadline still has to come up mm -hmm. um, and adjustments can be made. We've definitely been able to turn water to wine on multiple occasions as, as a Laker franchise. So I'm going to go on ahead and just hold back and sit tight. But I know that we do need to shake something up. And the first step, cut Kent Bays more because I don't know why you're here. Um, and then we can adjust our, our coaching staff because at the end of the day, some of these games, we're not getting blown out every mm -hmm. game. Let's mm -hmm. be clear. Mm -hmm. We're not. Mm -hmm. Certain misassignments, <laughs> uh, play calls out of timeouts are not there. Things that coaching can help tremendously, we don't have. Even though we are terrible on defense um, right now, mm -hmm. there's certain adjustments we can make and start winning these close games because – Clippers weren't blowing us out. No. Uh, we weren't being blown by out by about five of our, five or six of our losses. We could have easily won them, whether games. it would have been an Winnable overtime games. or what happened. Right. Exactly. And the reason why we're upset is because they they should have been blowouts, but the opposite. We should have been blowing well, them out. But we're we're literally are talking about most of the people we've been playing have been under five hundred, yeah. and and they and we're talking about the winnable games. So we really haven't gone against like you know the the the. 
top tier of the league yet. I'm going to hold you right there. This has been a great episode, you guys. We were pushing really, really far here. So we know we're not going to solve this issue tonight. We're going to watch. We're going to see there's some uh, important games coming up here. And we're just going to see what the Lakers got going. We'll see yeah. what the Lakers got going. We're going to keep an eye. We're all on Vogel Watch. The chant has begun from Stat Pat and others. Yes. And soon we will know. That would be my Christmas present. If, if, if Vogel is gone by Christmas... That's all I need. Then you're good. Then you're good. Excellent. All right. Andrea, everybody from Clubhouse, thank you so much for joining. We definitely, definitely appreciate your opinions and your thoughts. You guys are the smartest fans in the world, and we appreciate you. Uh, To everybody else for watching, thank you for everybody listening. We appreciate it. Uh, We had uh, Big Baby chime in. We had Christine O'Connell chime in on the chats. Thank you so much. Appreciate our guests. Uh, Katrina, correct? Yes. Yes. Miss Katrina. She got some great information and we will be back next week. As always, we're here every Sunday at 830 p.m. We are the Profanity Nation podcast and we are the voice of the professional fan. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Dive deep into the topics the other shows miss, raw and uncensored. And he's going to play team ball. His legacy is at stake. Rare, hard-hitting interviews with players, coaches, and you, the super fans. I'm not hating. I'm like, okay, cool. Three championships in five years. He's more than good, bro. Profanity Nation. Listen live or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Powered by Jesse Brown of Keller Williams. 